Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, I know that we are running just a little bit ahead of schedule right now, which is okay. Not a big deal. Um, they aren't back yet, but I'm here. You can talk to me. Uh, I do see that your session's in there. Uh, today's topic is we're going to do a, um, what are we going to do? We're going to do a review of Game Hole Con, because Kathy went to that. And mm -hmm. when we are also going to do a discussion about how social gaming at a convention when you're not with your buddies. So what's it like? How should you act? What should you do? Uh, so on and so forth whenever you're going to be playing with people that aren't your normal crowd especially at a convention uh, so pretty lengthy pretty interesting topic um i have so, quite a bit to say on that whenever we get started um but we need to take a very long very hard and very wonderful and sad um tribute today um yeah. as everybody knows uh stanley passed away who what was that oh john <laughs> subscribing <laughs> shameless self-support shameless self-support um stanley passed away this week um yeah, why are we off the air we shouldn't be are off we here. not do i need to re, re uh I yeah to you, yeah you refresh um Sorry. no problem uh, and we all, it's not really a surprise, guys. He was 95 years old. It is sad still because he's the, I guess he's being called the father of imagination now, by the way. Some people have started calling him that, which is okay. It might be selling a bit extra, but I'm down with that. <laughs> it yeah, could be. Father of imagination. There are so many creative storytellers out there that I admire. I understand, but he's one that's definitely up there. Um, Erica. Yeah. So I mean, everything's really cool. Um, I really. I mean, it, it's it's a sad thing, but he's not. He was ninety five. That's a long life. That's a long, long life. Mm hmm. Um. But he will be missed. I mean, he's been yeah. in a ton of movies. He was sort of a staple. That's a uh, good touchstone in the uh, Marvel movies. Always seen Stanley, and he was responsible or helped and helped promote uh, so much of sort of the uh, media we love. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, it's going to be weird. Uh, the first movie that he doesn't do a cameo in that's a Marvel movie. Mm -hmm. uh, someone did make a joke that. Um, Deadpool should do the cameo from here on out wearing a wig and mustache and sunglasses of him from here on out, um, which I thought was kind of a funny thing, but um, well, it's just me. Funny, I think maybe just let it go, though. I yeah. mean, it will like be. Like we said, some things have got to, time moves on, things change. You got to yeah. keep going forward. So um, with that, we're going to go ahead and go with our drinks. Um, Kathy, what you drinking? I'm drinking uh, sapphire gin, and and I kind of bastardized the recipe that somebody a few weeks ago posted in the chat here. I used lime juice, um, and instead of simple syrup and a garnish of cucumber, I used the uh, uh, cranberry sprite that 
they're selling now at the grocery store. And I was like, cranberry Sprite, that sounds like it'd be delicious with gin. And <laughs> I was right. And I did put a little of the uh, lime juice in there, too, for that extra taste of lyman. Lyman? And, uh, you know, the the old, never mind. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I'm having, minus the garnish of cucumber, because really, who wants a salad with their drink? Correct. I mean, I'll, I'll take a salad. I'm kind of no. hungry. No. Not with your drink. Yeah, I'm not. No, I have not. Oh, I have 7-Up uh, mixed with uh, Kraken, but I'll be starting off with a shot of uh, Dr. McGillicuddy's Intense Apple Pie Liquor. Oh. Ooh. I should have brought out the apple pie moonshine, but I didn't. Uh, mine today is a little bit more Evan Williams uh, because I saw that bottle and I was running a little late and I just went, oh, I'll grab that. I don't know what any of that means. It's whiskey. Bourbon. Whiskey. It's just straight up. Um, it's mediocre. Yeah, it's a mediocre type. Not as good as what I'm used to, but I'm not going to argue because... Their that... flavors are pretty good, but... Bottle was free. Hey, free with rice. Um, so... Xander says he doesn't have any video either. Everybody, um, reopen up your browser. Refresh. Refresh. He's using the app. Might be an app problem then, guys. Yeah. It could, well, Congo it's an app. problem on the app. Yeah. Which is sad. I don't know. I would shut your app down and bring it right back up. Um, and come back in. Um, so today, instead of doing cheers, we're going to do an Excelsior. Uh, in honor of Stanley. So raise your glasses. Excelsior. Excelsior. Oh. All right, let's go ahead and get this paint cam over. And we'll let Kathy go ahead and go with a review of Gamehole Con. And then we'll talk yeah. about social gaming at a convention. Yeah, I did social gaming at Gamehole Con. And, and this convention is Game Hole Con. Um, it, was, it was named for the guy who created the convention. Uh, his basement was, they just called it the Game Hole. That's where his friends all went to play games. And it was just a bunch of fans who decided we want to have a convention here in Madison, Wisconsin. And it started out really small. Uh, two years ago, my friend Jen and I went on a Saturday. Uh, we just got a Saturday badge and just to wander around and see what was going on. And there was a lot of people doing role-playing games and there was a lot of people doing board games and there were a lot of demos of board games and stuff. Um, and they have a dealer's room. And, uh, I mean, it's not gigantic. It's not, you know, six vendors, but it's, you know, it's a good size. Um and, and there must have been like, I don't know, 600, 800 people, maybe a thousand there playing games two years ago when we went. Mm -hmm. So I'm describing it to Jim. I'm like, it's this little convention and they have a paint and take. There's a couple, uh, Paul and Chris, and they run a paint and take there. They run it at a few different conventions. and We met them at Little Wars a couple years ago. And so this year, Jim was hanging out with them at Little Wars, and they said, we're going to be at Gamehole Con, so, you know, if you want, you can come and, and paint at the paint and take, and 
And so we're like, well, that's cool. So we had some place to put Jim. <laughs> you know? So he just basically sat down in the paint and take and just painted all weekend. And people came up and asked him questions. And he answered questions. And he gave little spot demos. And, you know, this particular paint and take is all about introducing people to miniature painting this couple has a crap ton of miniatures and they've got them all primed and all based on like little cardboard bases uh pretty old school and uh but they provide brushes and they provide paints and i mean you can bring your own stuff obviously to sit and paint but you know they've got uh flocking and stuff for the bases and if you don't know what you're doing they're happy to explain how to use you know all the stuff from start to finish you know and they have an area for like if you have an event that you need to go to they've got like trays where you can leave your stuff there to dry and whatever and go off and do your thing and come back and you know and that was really kind of a draw for us for game hole con um so this year we got there, Jim had never been there before, and we had to park all the way. First of all, this year they, they switched to a four-day convention instead of a three-day convention, and we didn't realize that. Weird. <laughs> um, so it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, next year it will be a four-day four convention again. Um but it has grown in size in the two years since I was there. This is year six. And they're already talking about like 4,000 turnstile uh, attendees. Which is freaking amazing for a six year of a convention. We had to park all the way at the very end of the parking lot and walk up to the convention center. Is that the Alliance, Alliance Center in Madison? And, um, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> um, I had to burp. Uh, anyways, so we get there and there's like all these people and and Jim's like, "What? This is big." I mean, it's not it's not a Gen Con. It's not even an Origins, you know. It's four thousand turnstile, which is basically, you know, you're counting the same person for each day. Um, but anyways, uh still a good turnout and tons of role-playing games tons of board games they have true dungeon there they actually had true dungeon there two years ago when we were there and that's one of the few conventions that true dungeon does i didn't do it this year you know but it's you know it's an experience it's worth having it's kind of an escape room fantasy dungeons and dragons style uh you get a team you could dress up if you wanted to go and cosplay and and sort of larp through it uh, or not, you know, either way. But, so I actually had um, registered for a, an RPG session. And it's the first time that I've actually registered for a specific event at a convention. <laughs> except for Dave Taylor's uh, How to Paint uh, Metals. Um, with metallic paint, because I always painted non-metallic metal. He was very surprised to see me in this class. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that's not the point. Um, so I had a role-playing game. Uh, it was the, what was it? The cozy hamlet of Flugeldorf is being invaded by an army of orcs. 
And Flugeldorf is in the world of Chaldea. And Chaldea is the brainchild of Peter Atkinson. And Peter Atkinson is the guy who owns Gen Con. And he's running the game. And it was actually a lot of fun. Everybody, uh, he's got all these different characters that you can choose from that are pre-generated. Everybody's a zero-level villager. Because you're all in this little the cozy hamlet of Flugeldorf. And so he's got all these, you know, character things written on little cards. And he's got all these little miniatures, you know, to go to correspond. And you get to pick three characters. So everybody goes around with one character. Then everybody goes around with the next character. And then the third character. And, uh, you know, you're just role-playing. And your characters die. And when they die, you can pick another villager to replace them. So you always have three characters. But it was like zero-level characters and being attacked by orcs. And it's like, I have a rolling pin to fight with. And, you know, Judith has a mop. And this guy has a bolt of silk, you know, with which to bludgeon people. And, uh, and here's the butcher, and he has knives. He has six of them. You can either stab with them or throw them. And, and it was just, it was ridiculous fun in this universe and he was weaving a fun tale uh, once we realized that the goal of the whole thing was to flee <laughs> because you're never going to wipe out an army of orcs with a bunch of villagers you run away and so then there were a couple of encounters that we had after we ran away from the orcs I mean they were hunting for us there were uh a band of robbers that were out to, you know, they thought we would be easy pickings because we were just a bunch of dumb villagers. Um, and we had to make for this one fort. Turns out that was uh, also taken over by orcs. But anyway, so, so it was fun. And it was the first time I had registered for an event and, and played uh, in a role-playing game with somebody who I did, didn't ever play with before. Not the DM and not any of the uh, the other people. Well, I take that back. I mean, it's the first one I registered for, but Friday, Friday of the convention, right when I got there, I was on my way to the bathroom and I ran into my friend Jack. And Jack is the guy who sits next to me at my Monday night D&D. He's like the 80-year-old guy who's been playing D&D since before it was invented, pretty much. And uh, he's like my dad away from dad. So he's like, hey, you should come and sit down and join us at this, you know, this game. We can roll you up the character. And I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, and I have to pee. Um, I'll be back. <laughs> uh, That's quotable. I don't know what you're doing, and I have to pee. So... So I get back, and it turns out that they are playing, he and his friend Peter, are playing in this uh, demo game of some fantasy pseudo-D&D game. And I don't even remember the name of the game that was being demoed that they were trying to promote. And uh, as I sat down, uh, because they convinced me it would be fun to, to sit down and, you know, have a character... Uh, Again, it was Jack was on the other side of the table with his friend Peter, who I had just met, and a bunch of strangers. And some of them were kids, 
which I also wasn't really used to gaming with. I don't have kids, and I'm not used to playing with them <laughs> in any way. So I'm like, okay, I just have to be a little, you know, careful with my language. And, and uh, But in this demo, the people running us through this, we're, we're killing us left and right. I'm like, you know, I walk towards this pool. I So what do I see when I look at it? They're like, you need to make a evasion. What was evasion? A reflex save. You need to roll a reflex save. I'm like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, you just hit a trap. Okay. Um, so I miss my reflex save. And they're like, yeah, you take like 15 points of damage. Of course... So these are first level characters <laughs> that they're running through this map. And and I'm like, I have like three hit points left and I only just started. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I mean, okay, but I didn't say that. But in my head, I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. And they're like killing people left and right. You know, they're like, oh, well, it's okay. Your guy will just start over at the beginning and work their way back through. I'm like, what exactly are you trying to sell here? Are you trying to give people a good experience so that you'll disappointment. buy Disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> like disappointment. We would like to make children cry. That was my takeaway. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. Yeah, so that was, but the people who were playing were really good sports about it you know even though the kids they weren't getting upset about dying over and over again so this was it was you know it was what it was and like every 20 minutes they give you dice or you know a dice bag or whatever so like okay so i have some six siders from that <laughs> from that little so it turns out that jack and peter were just killing time doing this demo until the thing that they actually registered for started and that was a that was a dork tower event it was a, a rpg that was based in john kovalik's dork tower universe and so already i know this is going to be fun it's going to be humorous if anything i hope because Jack and Peter are just dragging me in there. They're like, yeah, yeah, you got to come in. Come with us, you know? And I'm like, well, I guess I can heckle you. I don't have any plans. Jim is already set up in the paint and take area, painting miniatures. You know, I don't have anywhere to be. So I go in, and Jack's like, yeah, pull up a chair. You know, we'll get you a character. And I'm like, I haven't registered for this event. I don't want to take somebody else's spot, you know? And uh, But then the guy who's running the game gets there, and you know, hands me a character, you know, so it actually, first of all, he asks, hey, do, uh, do we want to pass around, decide who, do we want to decide who picks which character? I have all these pre-generated characters, and Jack goes, just pass them out random, we don't care, everybody here has played long enough, they should know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Yes, this is great, because now I don't have to make a decision. And neither does anyone else, so we can just get started already, right? Okay. So so he hands them all out randomly, and I get to be a bard, and I've never played a bard before, but it was really fun. Uh, and the, the whole <clears throat> premise was fun. The people I was playing with, 
I actually made new friends. What? That's sort of the point of a con. I actually made new friends playing playing in a game I've never played before with a bunch of people I've never met except for Jack. So, and he was on the opposite side of the table, so it's not even like I was next to him punching him in the shoulder and heckling him. I had to heckle him from a distance. From a distance. Right. And then there were there were other people who were miniature painters that were playing and you know, and I got to bother the guy on the end who was Uh oh. Wow. Everybody everybody faded out for a second there. I thought uh thought my internet was going. Oh. You guys both became avatars and then you came back. Uh, we, we turned blue and tall on an alien planet? Kind of. Only okay. without the tall. Or the alien planet. Okay. So anyway, so <laughs> I played games with strangers. I played three different role-playing games with total strangers, except for Jack, in two of them. Um, also, Peter, who was running the Flugeldorf thing, I already knew him. I just had never actually done role-playing games with him before. So, it was, it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time. Jim had a really good time at this convention. He, he said it was the most mellow convention that he's been to out of all of them. And uh, it, because he, he just got to sit there and paint and people could come up and he could talk to them about painting miniatures and that was that. And we went back to my friend Kathy's house because she lives just outside of Madison and we stayed there and she and I are old, old friends. And uh, so we got to catch up with her and her husband. So all around, it was a really good weekend. Uh, I was still amazed at how many people there were there. I expect it to be even bigger next year and yes, we're going back next year to do uh, eight and take and I'm going to play more role playing. I might actually sign up for more games with Jack because, you know. Fair enough. John typing away on his keyboard. Yep. Um, I know I was going to say other things about game Vulcan, but I can't think of them right now. Can you hear John tapping away that microphone of yours? <laughs> I feel like I need to uh, No I don't I was going to say I feel like I need to play a bard in, in in our game But actually I don't think so You don't think so it, it, You know it was fun playing a bard But it's just not for me I am not the I am not the uh, Charismatic, charismatic uh, Ad-libbing You know right off the top of my head Person generally In 4th edition I played a bard But instead of uh like songs and stuff, I hurled insults. I used to know a guy who hurled insults for a living. Seamus the insulter. <laughs> He's a brilliant person. I mean, you have to be a brilliant person to come up with all those insults. So was uh, GameOlcon mostly role-playing, miniatures, board games? What you got? Uh, it was mostly role-playing and board games. I... Uh, think there was some card game action going on. Oh, there were miniature games because my friend Dave was running a, uh, a game from uh, now I can't think of it. Not Mega Traveler. 
Not Gamma World. The one with the rust and the flying monkey guys with the membranous wings. All the people. Star Frontiers? Yes. Oh, man. Jeez, that brings back memories. To remember that. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Remember it. It's on my shelf over there. Oh, my I God. Even, no. It and was I my was second like, role playing game ever. We went into too. the Toys R Us and we're like, you know, like, let's pick a role-playing game. You want Star Frontiers or you want Gamma Riders? I'm like, Star Frontiers, sci-fi, let's go. When I was, like, 12, yes, that was, like, the second one after D&D that I played. And uh, and so Dave was doing the spaceship battle game. <laughs> so, and I didn't even know there was a spaceship battle game based on it. All, I was all excited, but I couldn't participate because my own uh, thing that I had registered for started before his thing ended. Uh, but I did, I did stand around and and watch and wish that I could participate in, in this. It it, it almost had a feel of like a ship of the line, kind of thing, mm-hmm. the way the uh, the firing arcs were and the way the the size of the ships mattered and the you know you had to turn your side to shoot the, you know and it was it was just really cool and i didn't know it was anything that existed in the star frontiers universe so Man, and so and all the people all the people who participated were like were waxing nostalgic like us cuz way back in the days they also you know had their good experiences with the role playing game and stuff so it was, it was a lot of fun to talk to people about that and then way in the corner of the, and this was the miniatures room. So they did have tabletop wargaming, but not a lot. Uh, it was like one room. Um, so he had his event running that morning, and way in the back, these people had set up this pirate game, and I didn't get a chance to, to play that at all either. But they had some amazing, uh, amazing terrain. I actually took a whole bunch of pictures. I meant to get Tiny Kathy over there and take pictures with her in it, but time ran out and I had to go to my thing. They did take pictures, and it was just, and they they handmade all of the terrain for that. They did a really good job. Um, by the end of the day, when I came back, all their stuff was gone. They were all, all gone. Um, and then somebody was running Panzer, Panzer, no, Panzer something. Not Panzerfaust, Panzer, Jagdpanzer. Uh, I know the, I know the game you're talking about. The sort of miniatures board gamey, weird World War Two. Uh, no, no, it. I don't think so. It was more like Flames of War, only different. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't think there was any uh, weird war anything. Uh, Jagdpanzer is just like a bunch of Panzer tanks and against Americans. Uh, they said it's like Flames of War, but better. So. I don't know, but that's what Jack was playing that morning. Um, that's how I ran into him in that room. But there was not a lot going on in the miniatures area. But if somebody wanted to run a miniatures-based event, like a demo game or something there, or a, a little little campaign kind of game, you know, there's room. <laughs> and. Uh, so yeah, I had forgotten that there was your game there too. Cool. Sounds like a good time. Oh. Sounds like somebody needs to learn how to run a, a demo game though, because that 
to me. If I would have been at that demo, I'd have probably been upset. I, I don't know. I'd have played a little bit and been like, all right, I can buy anything to do with my life. Yep. Um, which, going on that subject, because um, the one year I went to Gen Con, um, we went through, and what we did is we were like, you know what, we're just going to play and do games of things I would like to see if I want to buy. Uh, and I had somebody else who said they wanted to play, the guy I went with was like, I want to go and play this one because I've never played this game system before, and you have, and I want you to tell me if it's any good or not, and then if the person's playing it right. And he was looking more at mechanics. Uh, and that was we were doing World of Darkness. He'd never played in a World of Darkness, but wanted to try it out. No big deal. My mouth a little bit. Sorry. Sorry. My dogs are crazy because my other half is home. Uh, she found out that two of her tires are bad. Oh. Um, that is uh, what we commonly call no bueno. Correct. John, so while they're barking, why don't you go tell me about something that you did at a convention, and we'll worry about the dogs in a minute. Oh, well, you see, it's been a long time since I've been at a convention that wasn't like War Machine Weekend. Well, you know, I talk about War Machine Weekend. Uh, I walk into War Machine Weekend, just got to the hotel room, get everything down, you know, say hi to Chili as he comes in while he's still sober. And then, you know, wander around. I see Nathan Hoffman. I know what he looks like because, you know, on the Internet, he probably he didn't, he didn't really know who, who I was. But he's like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, we're about to play this crazy board game. Come sit down and play crazy board game with us. Hands me a beer, and I'm like, well, sure, let's play this crazy Gorbord game. So that was Dark Moon. I knew no one playing it. He just sat there and made sure we had the rules, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a great time. You know, playing random game you know nothing about with random people you don't know. And um, all the rest of the people didn't know anything about the game either? Nope, no one knew how that game went. So oh, it was that's just, the best. It was super fun. Uh, it's It's... Basically, Darkmoon used to be called BSG Express because it's sort of like Battlestar Galactica, just apparently it plays in less than your entire lifetime. Huh. Unlike <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, from what I hear. Uh, so it was good. It was fun. Um, prior to that, uh, you know, conventions I've gone and, you know, back when Battletech was a bigger thing, the guys would have a big arena and you'd come pay some money and you'd get to play that for a little while with your mech and wander around fight each other that's a good social thing because you get chatting with people who are nearby you and all yeah i think they actually had a battle tech a few battle tech events at game hole con because kathy's husband is really into battle tech and the only the only reason he comes to uh convention is really to get in on some of those battle tech games that's that's why he was at adepticon this year <laughs> anyway Fair enough. Uh, prior to that, now, uh, that was... God, I don't remember which con that was. Back when they used to hold gaming conventions in the Baltimore Convention Center, which hasn't happened in a long time uh, since I graduated from high school, basically. Uh, maybe shortly after I graduated from high school. But, you know, I've gone there and played lots of role-playing games. Um, we used to have AtlantaCon, which was every year at the Baltimore Convention Center, but eventually went out. But, you know, you just go... You go around, you find events, you play with random people and have a good time. Um, it, it's really crazy sort of to see. I was at a Palladium Fantasy role-playing game back when that was one of the games I played. I played in a thing of that. We had a great time. I mean, it was an adventure made for like six to eight people. There were four of us because it was an early session. Um, which is why they're always happy when people like you just show up randomly, Kathy, because early sessions tend to have not a lot of people. <laughs> We go through it. We have a great time. We do well. You know, chat with those people. You usually see them going around the con later. 
And, and if you're alone, that gives you a touchstone, people you've now connected with. You're like, hey, how's it going? What are you doing? You know, it's it's really good because the role playing game is a great icebreaker for that. Um, and and more fun if you're going to hear this, Kathy, is I was back in the same room for a shadow event later, and they were running it in the other half of the room, like they had it split in half. So we're between doing stuff, and I'm sort of chilling, waiting for you know the GM to get done with the the hack, the decker to so we can do stuff. And I'm chatting with the guy running the game, because he's running a whole new group for the same thing. It was that was super fun too, just seeing how they did it differently. Mm. Like uh, I could see that be worth streaming, honestly, streaming your your cons. Like, all right, this can you see like, oh, this is how this crew did it. This is how this crew did the same adventure. You sort of see all the difference, but. I mean, it's great. I can't say enough for the non-tournament-style games at a con. It's just super-duper fun. Uh, like I said, if you're at a con alone, especially you want to get some of those early, because, again, you get you get some people. I mean, you get some acquaintances real quick, and you've got a touchstone. you got people you can chat with when you, when you see them in the hallway or whatever, you know? You know, it's a, it's, it's a great, like I said, it's a great icebreaker, a great way to start in there socially. Which some people may have a problem with, honestly. Yeah. I mean, gamers, we're not all the most... I mean, despite the fact our game is actually very... Uh, um, very social, because we're all in-person gamers, but we're not all the best at social situations, you know, breaking the <laughs> ice. It's, it's, yeah. it's not easy for anyone. Let's get this out of the way. Except for the most you know? random of people. It's not easy to, to break the ice, and this is a great icebreaker. If I didn't know Peter, the guy who was running the Flugeldorf thing, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have registered for that. And if Jack hadn't have goaded me into those two other games, I would not have sat down and played those games. Well, so related, I was on, on, on Twitter and someone I randomly follow who's in the UK. I don't know. I just randomly follow her because, you know, one of the guys, I guess, from a podcast recommended her or whatever. Whatever she's like, hey, should I do pay this money and go to this cool party that's going to be potentially nerve wracking but super fun? I'm like, yes, life is too short to not have adventures. Go have adventures. Part of that's going to a con and just playing random games. Go to a game you don't know anyone running it. Just, just that game looks fun. I'm going to try that game. Just do it. And it's it's hard if if you're the kind of person who you know shies away from that initial ice breaking. I mean, once I sat down at the tables, I I could talk to people. We had the game in common. You, you know? have the game in common. I think that they also, like, they're, lots of people are just as nervous as you because with the exception of some really old people because they have some experience at it and some really outgoing people, no one's great at it. Don't let that stop you. You can't let that stop you from having a good time and going out and having adventures. Because I didn't realize how fun that it would be honestly i had no expectation i just i didn't know what to expect and, and that's better because if you have no expectations you go in you're not going like it's going to be this going to be that you're like i'm going to go play some sort of role-playing game that's all i expect you're going to have a good time it's going to be fun yeah i mean that's i think that's why i enjoyed it even uh, that even that first one where we kept dying and i was like wow you people are really bad at running a demo game I still had fun with the other people who were playing the game with me. Exactly. You know, I honestly, I remember more about, uh, you know, random con role-playing games than I do about a lot of other things. You know, moments, you know, a lot of moments from those stick out than from other games I've played with friends. And I hate to say that, but 
sometimes you're being comfortable just means you're sitting back and you're sort of on autopilot. Like, yeah, sure, it's fun, but you're on autopilot. This is this is challenging yourself uh, on a social level. And challenging yourself on all levels is important, or you become stagnant. When you become stagnant, uh, you, you're not you're not doing any good for yourself. You, you got to get out there, and try it. That's the place to do it. Just a con. Just just find a game. If it's a game you're familiar with, even better, because then you don't have new system to sort of add an extra level of uh, uncomfortableness to you. You're like, yeah. I know how this game plays. I'm familiar with this game. Let's go. Well, it's okay because. One of the things that I did when we went to Gen Con is like I said, we tried different games that we wanted to see the system and, and play. And like I like the Savage World system. I think it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of good things going for it. But a friend of mine had never played it. So he says, let's go do it. So we're playing it and we're having a good time. And then one of the things that I dread the most is someone that's going to monopolize the whole time. Um, and they're like... And, and it was just, it was it was getting annoying. This guy was like, I just have to do, and I have to be the center of attention of this role-playing group. And I'm like, dude, we're all here to play a game. You just got to step aside and let everybody do it. Um, and, and, and the thing is, is it's, it's hard to do that with people that you don't know without going, quit being a dick. Well, it's also hard because if you guys remember, I was at uh, John Con and we had the role-playing event that night. And, you know, Congo was there. I was relatively quiet because, as a veteran, I saw that there were a lot of people who were vying for the spotlight, so to speak. Yeah. I guess who were who were really in it. So sometimes you just back off and let them do that. Yeah, you might still have fun. Like I still had a great time there because those guys were crazy and hilarious. <laughs> you just do what you can. You just just make your moments, make the most of your moments. It's it's honestly a little like a microcosm of life. Make the most of your moments when you get them, but don't necessarily strive for the spotlight. Someone else is having a good time taking the spotlight. Let them go. You know, if you get a break between, maybe tell them like, "Hey, guy, back off a little bit. We all try to play here." But yeah, well, game. this person was there. There was two game sessions that I played, and that were a negative play experience. And it was because one one person wanted to be the spotlight, and so we didn't even get to finish the adventure um, because it was supposed to be run as a you know one time thing, mm-hmm. and which is cool because I was like I want to see this setting of Savage Worlds and I want to see it. And it wasn't run by I, I see uh, Lee Jenner says he's a Savage World writer. It wasn't run by a, a convention it wasn't done by a Savage World person. It was just, you know, someone wanted to run the, the adventure. Yeah, they wanted Which to run it and they wanted to run Savage Worlds because yeah. it's a good good generic system. Yeah, good generic system. And uh, this one person just kept on taking up so much time and wanted to be the center of attention. We're like, dude, you gotta let it go for a little bit because we gotta get through this. And you don't have to be everything. You don't have to make a comment about everything. You don't have to have a role for everything. Just do it. And eventually that person kind of got under control because the GM was finally like, well, I gotta gotta see what this person's going to do now. Which was good. And then... Somebody like that, the best way to diffuse it is just to start going around the table. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you Mm -hmm. doing? And then the other one was the GM was not a good GM. Uh, and it was it was because we were playing the lone wolf system because I wanted to see what it was like. And we're playing it and we're all in town or all we're all camping and stuff. And a friend of mine is on guard 
and something happens, so he goes to wake up everybody. So he goes to wake up everybody, and the GM's like, well, you need to roll to wake them up. Like, really? We're like, really? what? Like, I need to roll to wake my husband up in the morning? Yeah, and it was, it, it was, I was like, we were like, what? He's like, yeah, well, he didn't wait, he didn't make the roll to wake up one person, and so she went on this elaborate detail of what his dream was, and we're like, the fuck does this have to do with anything? Move it along. I mean, it was like, it was, it was just so bad. It turned me off of that system I, so much. I was so mad at that. Um, <laughs> but then, we right after that, we went to go play in the Valiant game. Uh, which, if anybody knows, Valiant's a superhero type game uh, for the Valiant universe. But the game system is so stupid fun. And it was run by one of the... Um, developers so it was i was looking forward to it and he made it completely fun um he was like yeah you can do that yeah go ahead you can do that um well yeah you can do that but and i was like that was good but valiant relies itself on letting you do weird shit uh in the valiant game system if you want to open up a portal and have obama wielding double wielding monkeys holding uzis and having come in and kill people you can because the system allows it it's got this weird portal system in it that's just hilariously cool. I want a dual-wheeled monkeys. <laughs> I don't care what the monkeys are armed with. I'm with Kathy. Dual-wielding monkeys sounds <laughs> yeah. like a thing. Yeah. So that's actually a common G GM thing. They say, don't say no, just Correct. assign a difficulty. Yeah. Uh, but uh, So I've played, I played a Shadowrun game with a guy who didn't know the rules very well. And I just rolled with it, you know? He's like, uh, it works like this. And I'm thinking... It doesn't work like that, but you know, fuck it, I don't care. Right? He's running the yeah. game, whatever. I'm like, sure, dude. Uh, I've got uh, you know recall compensation. It helps. Like, oh yeah, that drops into this. I'm like, you just, I just tell him what I got on my character sheet, and he just tells me. I'm like, that's good, dude. <laughs> that, that was one where basically you got voted to the next round or not. The party all voted for two players they thought who did really well, and the two players who had the most votes went. So I went to the second round because they told me after like we just thought it was great the way you just let him roll with not knowing the rules and you made it fun for all of us by making yes. it not a thing because cool. they could see like oh god this guy knows the rules and this is going to get unfortunate We're like nah fuck it whatever yeah. <laughs> i mean there, you know. there's a difference between that's so much more fun than being like oh no that's not how you do it let me just spend 15 minutes leafing through the rule book to show you why you're wrong oh, yeah. oh no i spent the 20 minutes afterwards teaching him stuff yeah, after the game not... exactly exactly like, all right Here's how the rules really work. I went through it all. He explained. He's like, oh, that's so much different. I'm like, it's all good, man. We had a great time. That's what matters, right? Yes. That, that's yeah, the key that's thing. Yeah, that's the mindset. you got to have an open mind going into it. Um, there's a lot of fun to be had if you let yourself. But you also got to be um, conscious of who you're playing with. Um, because there was one we went and a friend of mine hadn't played, was it Fifth Age or whatever the D&D &D world uh, they had it didn't go off very well. I have the books. I can't remember what it was, uh, but it was it was one of the new core D and D type thing. And was it do what? Everyone? No, it was called like Fifth Age, I think, is what it was, or oh. something like that. It did so poorly. I ain't even heard of it. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. I don't even know. I don't even know. I yeah. mean, I know the fourth edition. A lot of people didn't care for it, but. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. But I mean, we're sitting there and they had, he had already pre-made characters up, which is cool. 
I, I'm all for that. I, I don't care what, give me whatever. I'll play whatever. Um, but this one guy was like, yes, my character, he's in love with this woman. Okay, this woman's not even part of our story. Uh, and it's about how he's, in, the way he acts is how he's in love with her. Like he's in love with uh, so-and-so from some 1940s movie that nobody knew what he was talking about. And the GM was wanting him to integrate that into the story of us going through a dungeon. And I'm like, I don't think you're in the right one <laughs> setting for this. I don't think you know what's going on here, man. Yeah. We're uh, we're kicking down doors and uh, stabbing monsters and taking their shit. Yeah. And it was it was just weird because he was like, but. My love for this woman determines everything that I do, and I need her to tell me. And I'm like, mm. all right, we're going to skip over. We didn't get anything done with that because he monopolized the time, and I was just so. But we didn't. I didn't care for the system anyway, so it was, it was okay. Wow. So I'm going to say Gonzo had all the bad experiences at cons because I haven't really had anything I would call a bad experience. Um, it's not that I had bad experience. We did the, the World of Darkness went really well. We we got far. We did things, etc., etc. Um, it's just you've got to know who you're playing with, and if one guy wants to monopolize it, you've got to do something. So the the best thing actually is to, uh, and this is gonna sound weird, is help it. So whenever things happen, do it so that him and somebody else are in it. Correct. That would make him more happy than anything else. It's like. Oh, you know, we're going to go search. I take stones with me to go search for this. Then he's happy. He's involved in everything. He, he'll actually stop hogging the spotlight all the time because he's always there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the GM can, can can be like, oh, a little, you know, make little extra things for him because that's that's actually more of a GM thing. Yeah. And and maybe you got to be on the same lane. And it's hard in a one off game because you're like, I got limited time. Sometimes you're like, fuck it. Let's just get through this and go on to the next one. I haven't had that experience, but. You know, it's it's it is what it is. You you do have to kind of know the players you're with, but honestly, that's be more the GM, and yeah. you're gonna have that occasionally because there are no qualifications to be a GM. Nope. You could your qualifications are you wish to try to be a GM. Yeah. Our GM, the uh, that Dark Tower game was was good. He was good. He he made it fun for everybody. Everybody had a good time, you know. And I came away with. Uh, friends, so that's a win. Yeah, yeah. There was, like I said, but there was, there was some really good type of stuff going on. Like I said, the the Valiant game run by the guy was amazing. Um, I pulled off some stuff that he was like, "Really, you want to do that?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's going to save the party. It's going to do this. I'm going to pull the fate point out, use it, give it to you." And he's like, "All right, that's cool." Um, your character's gone now. I'm like, okay, no problem. And it was like, have to be made. Yeah, but I mean, he was like, I've never seen anybody try to do that. And I says, well, my character shows that they would do something like this, so I'm gonna go with it. Um, what was the other one? More pure form of role playing because you're no longer worried about. Oh, I don't want to have to go through the rigor morale or hassle of making a new character. So maybe I, a little more safe than my character would have been. You're like, what my character do? He would do that, so I do that. Yeah, because um, there was there was a couple of other things. What was it? there was um, what other ones did I do? The, the like I said, the World of Darkness was, was a good one. 
Um, we just did a whole bunch of them, and most of them, for the most part, were good. Uh, there was just, you know, like, two of them that were just, like, two of them were player issues, and one was a GM issue. And a good GM will manipulate that player to get where they need to go and do things. Yeah. So, it, it, it was, overall, it was still a good experience, because I got to try a bunch of different systems out, which is what yeah. I really wanted to do. Um, but... I, I highly recommend it that if you're going to be, especially if you're going to go to Gen Con, don't go do stuff that you normally do. Go try out different games. I know at Gen Con one year they had like a uh, couple of hundred person werewolf game going. The That sounds terrible. The, the sit down. Hold on. It's the werewolf game where you sit down in groups and you find out yeah, who the werewolf is. Everybody no. closes their eyes yes. and the werewolves in their yeah. eyes and Kathy fails. Yeah. But that's yeah. the thing is, is you got to know your games. So you look at that, and I'm like, that's not for me. Correct. Yep. So I don't go and try and force myself into that. Um, I will go into what Gonzo says. Not only do you, you want to try different things, you want to not schedule your time so tight that you cannot try other things. Correct. Leave yourself some time to just walk around the dealer hall and try some demos. You or know? Yes. leave yourself some time where if you do run into somebody you know, and you will at some point, Probably. I always um, do. You know, yeah. <laughs> so you can go out and have drinks or something. The, the Battletech at, like, Origins when it was in, uh, when it was still moved around, when it was in Baltimore Convention Center, the guy who sat next to me in 7th or 8th grade in algebra class was there. That's hilarious. My friend Tony from high school was at Gamehole Con, and my friend Dave was the one who was running uh, the Star Frontiers thing. And Tony's the one who showed up for that one. I was like, oh my god, my friend Dave is running it, and my friend Tony... Why, why didn't you play Star Frontiers? It's a totally great system. Tony and I used to play Star Frontiers in high school. It's... <laughs> I mean, back in the day, it was a game that was sci-fi. It was the game that was sci-fi. Well, not that Traveler. Uh, yeah, but I hated dying in character creation. Let's just say that that was not good. Not good. Yeah, going back to the the thing of making sure that you could save time to do things, 100%. Because there are conventions where you need to have some time where you walk around. And like, ooh, test this game out. Ooh, test this game out. And if it's it's a normal con, a, a variety con, let's call them, where there's a bunch of games there, don't schedule yourself for only competitive events because you will get burnt out with that shit yes <laughs> you need you need to you just spread it around you need to have some fun casual events in there i know you think i'm the hardcore guy i don't need the casual yes you do you, you need the chill me. break you you know what and and i'll return to adepticon for a second here because i do want to see if there are some events now that i've had a taste of uh playing in events with strangers and enjoying it, uh, I feel like I need to see what, what there is at Adepticon. Because I know there's some things, like my friend Matthias was running Fire uh, Shadows of Brimstone uh, a couple different times. And it sold out both times, so I never was able to do it. It's a game that I've been wanting to try out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think he's going to be doing it this year. And somebody was running some Cthulhu RPG or something last year. So I just need to take a look at what's being offered now that everything's live. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and see if there's something that interests me that I would like to jump into during the course of the weekend. 100%. Try out new things. I mean, try out a new game system. Try out a, a new anything. Because there's so many games out there that just you've got to. I don't care what anybody says. There's way too much out there to not try. Especially when you go to a convention. You paid a pretty penny for that. Go test it out. Yeah, don't just don't just be like me and and sit in the bar and then when you're leaving the bar run into more people that you know who are going to the bar and join them and hang out with them and then when everybody's leaving you run into somebody else who's going into the bar and then you hang out with them all weekend. I mean, you I'll can do that, but at that point you really don't need to get the ticket to the con. That was really fun. That was a very fun year, the year that I did that. Yeah, it's 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 fun. And honestly, maybe if that happens, think about it. Maybe that's what you want to do. You can look at each event when it comes up. You know, is that what you want to do? You know, is that what you're having fun with? Just, just it do it. Not, it was not what was planned. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably what actually made it more fun. It was you, totally spontaneous, and it just kept happening. Sometimes you got to be spontaneous. you got to stop and go, I want to try that game. Uh, fuck it, I'm going to try that game. Do it. That was it, the year that I... Uh, I brought my zombie side with me just in case a game broke out. And both Friday and Saturday night, we had a game break out by the uh, by the hobby lounge. They used to have a little table there with some comfy chairs. Mm-hmm. I say used to because now they take that out of there when we yeah. up. Uh, but they had it there then, and so it was perfect size table to set up my zombie side board. And I was just like, hey, does anybody want to play? I mean, like, there need to be six of us tops. And yeah. I, I got, and that was another time where, like, some of them were my friends, but there were a few people that I had no idea who they were who were like, yeah, I like that game. Let me play. Perfect. Like, all right. And, uh, and oh, my God, it was it was so much fun. And, and, and that bring- was just me bringing a game saying, hey, does anybody want to play this random game? Bring those easy games. I have a bunch of small games. I've got like Timeline and uh, Nuts or Pooh. I forget which one. One of those simple games would be Kittens in a Blender. Like I, I have a bag that I keep, a little shoulder, you know, satchel. But I'll, I'll put little games in and be like, these are like, let's let's just play a game. Let's break out against some people. Games are so much fun for a yeah. late night, you know. Or, or like whenever, like like a King of Tokyo is the perfect game. Just randomly, just let's play, you know, yacht, not Yahtzee. That's kind of Yahtzee. Let's let's just just get it going. I mean, when when we were at the uh, original ATC in Tennessee, with uh, you know Chuck uh, Bulldog and uh, n- you know Neutralize and uh, Keith Richardson, we after the tournament we're sitting at the hotel. They got nowhere to go. Everyone else is local. They're fucking gone. So we're sitting in the hotel down in their their little lounge playing freaking King of Tokyo together. That's awesome. That, that's how you do it. Just just you gotta leave yourself time to be spontaneous. You got. I mean. Time to hang. Preachy. Time to chill. You got to be able to live your life. You can't always schedule everything and be like, this thing and then this thing and then this thing. Let let some life happen to you. Unless you just really like to, uh, you know. If you really like to do that one thing, do that one thing at a con that is only for that one thing. Like, yes, if you only want to play War Machine at a con, go to War Machine Weekend. You know, if you only want to do, you know, 40K, find a 40K only con. But if on you go to a con hand, that has multiple things, try multiple things. On the other hand, you could go to something like Adepticon or some of the other gaming tabletop game conventions where 
you could spend your entire weekend playing 40k. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can play the 40k team tournament. You can play the 40k friendly tournament. You know, you can play that. You can play combat patrol. You can play all 40k. There all is no such thing as a 40k friendly tournament. <laughs> I know. Because my friend tried that friendly 40k tournament at Adepticon, and it was a ruffle stomp tournament is what it was. <laughs> Nonsense. It's way more friendly than the championship. Oh, what? Cool. The champions? Whatever that is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's still, yeah. But anyways, yeah, but don't do it. I mean, you could do that. Don't. You're at a con of multiple games. Try something out. Yeah. You've got to. Even if it's just going through and trying, like, hey, do you have a demo of this game? Let me try this game. Maybe some random guy has can, can lead you through a demo of some game that they love. Maybe some random guy comes up and wants to get a demo of the game you love. Bring enough to demo with. Oh. Even if it's just like, here's two 500.40k armies that are really simple infantries I could pack in with me. Try that stuff. People are going to be interested, and not every game has champions there to, uh, to do it for you. So fucking be the champion. Oh, definitely. I, when I did to Adepticon, when yeah. I went to Adepticon, that's all I did. I spent half of a day just going through demos. Show me what your game is. All right, this is cool. Oh, with the what was funny is I went to one and they were judgment, and I sat down, started. He started explaining. He goes, "Is this like a MOBA?" He goes, "Very much like a MOBA." You know MOBAs? He goes, "Yes, I don't like MOBAs." Um, and it has nothing to do with you. You have some of the incredible miniatures. I think these are awesome, but I'm really not into this. Thanks a lot. And then I saw him later. He went to go eat with us. And he was like, why didn't you want to do the game? And I says, well, I don't like that style of play. And it has yeah, nothing I mean, to do with it. It's just I don't like that style of play. And he's like, okay. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't a jerk about it. I was just kind of curious. And I was like, yeah, it's just not my thing. Yeah, you don't have to be a jerk. You just know what your thing is. Yeah. So you, gotta, you know, as a wise man once said, a man's got those limitations. Well, I think uh, my Terracon is pretty much done. I'm going to leave him like this and not worry about him. Okay. So, boom. Boom. Terracon. Done. He did flock it. It is. Well, you're not going to flock it. He, he put some static grass on it. Yeah. He are I done. It, I, it may be the way that they call the situation from the camera, but I really wish the static grass in the base had a different, uh, more contrast. Um, there is a lot of brown underneath it. You just got to be careful looking at it. Um, yeah, it's lighting. Yeah, yeah it's, I think it's, it's lighting. lighting. It's Good. the lighting. Boom. Done. Done. I don't have to worry about it. I can put them on the board, and I can throw other models around. Oh, don't throw them around. You'll break them. No, Terracon throws models. He means metaphorically speaking. Especially okay. into other buildings. <laughs> So, with that said, what time is it? Uh, hey. Time to play Rampage? Time to play Rampage! Rawr. Okay, hold on. Where you throw other people's stuff around? No. The, the wing place I got dinner had video games sitting in their front uh, on free play, and one of them I think had Rampage on it. It's like ten pages of six games each. It had like a shit ton oh, of games. Yeah. It was kind of cool. I mean, I didn't. I just got my wings and left, but... <laughs> Alright, let's jump over to the media section. Da, 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 media section. Oh. All right, I have. Holy crap! 
three things. things because you're not on networking right now. Oh, it's a good thing you have 43 things because I have, uh, I read a comic book this week. Oh, shit. Damn. Hit us. So I read uh, X-Men comics from 1984. Sweet. That's that's pretty old. I'm trying to think of what, what that could be as far as... Uh... In the Savage Lands. Oh, Savage Lands. Okay. So, uh, it starts out with Peter Parker and the angel going to the Savage Lands. And so this woman can find uh, her long-lost bow. And... Uh, you know, long story short, uh, bad guys, you know, ambush them. The girl gets shoved over a cliff. She gets rescued by Kazar. Uh, because Savage Land, you got to have Kazar in there. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, um, someone is saved at the end, and it's happy-ish. Does Zabu get to whoop someone's ass? Hell yes. Damn right. So, yeah, that was... Um, my friend was... Cleaning things out, uh, books and stuff. So I got a pile of his old my book. I'll be honest. There's a couple of uh, those uh, you know monthly boxes, and one of them's like just here's random comic books. I'm like, I'm tempted because there's nothing like reading random comic books. Oh yeah. Well, that's a good I mean, I had vague recollections of Kazar. I. I remember enjoying it when I was a teenager or early teens, uh, whenever that was, when my brother used to go shopping at uh, uh, flea markets for oh. comic books. And they were already old by the time, you know, they get to the flea market. Oh, yeah. I, I would go to, there was a store in Bowie where I grew up called The Magic Page. <laughs> and they had boxes. It was exactly what you expect, you know used books everywhere, that kind of sort of organized clutter, long boxes of old comics. I bought all so many old comics, and then I opened up another comic store in the, the Free State Mall, which is on the other side, basically. And I'd go in there, and like, all the Marvel team-ups, be like, I'm buying Marvel team-ups, because they're cheap, and it's super cool. It's Spider-Man and some other guy teaming up to take out some random villain. That Those were the days. Just good stuff. I mean, that's kind of appropriate we talk about that, all things considered. Ah, yes. <laughs> the forward to this one was written by Stan Lee. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of a Stan Lee week, and, and it really was appropriate that I was reading comic books this week. Um, and, and X-Men, actually. Yeah. So. Excellent. Uh, so, Gonzo, you have three things, and I have two movies, neither of which from this century. As a matter of fact, only one of them was put out after I graduated high school, and only that one by six months. Huh. <laughs> and they're both in the theater. Well, I finished and finally got done with all of Sabrina. The Chilling okay. Adventures of Sabrina. Uh, and I know we kind of talked about it last week, but I got through the entire season. Um, season two is already filming um, and has already been greenlit, so we know we're getting to season two, which is good. I mean, um, it's about halfway through it. Asterix, lawsuit pending, could change things. Probably not if they're yeah. filming already. Yeah, uh, I don't think they're worried about it because uh, I saw the what they were trying to do, and yeah, it's redundant. It's, just, it's one of those things. I, I, I cover something similar, you know, on minis and movies. Yeah, uh, this last time, so just just it's good to keep an eye on it. Be be aware. Do some research on it. Just make sure. Yeah. Um. So. 
I finished up about halfway through, and then I finished it up the rest of it today. Um, it starts off kind of cutesy, like a, a CW type show. Um, who cares? I mean, it is pagan, and they do talk about Satan and so on and so forth, but you just use it as a background, just everything else. And so you're just like, okay, yada, yada, yada. I'm happy, happy, and holy fuck, it gets dark. It gets dark quick. About halfway through, it starts going, yeah, this ain't your typical Sabrina. I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to spoil it because someone is, has not finished. Erica hasn't finished it, so she and she's listening, well, so I promise not to spoil just, it. It's only been out for a short time. You yeah. can't spoil it. I'm going to have more on that in a moment. Yeah. Um, and it was, it took a dark turn. Um, it hit on some really, really hardcore subjects. Um, a lot of adult type things happened. Um, and you know what? I was fucking happy with it. I enjoyed every minute of the series. Um, everything was unusual. Everything was different. It was a new twist. It was, everything was good. Um, if you like you know, dark shows that, you know, at first don't take them serious, but then got getting a little bit more serious and a little bit more destructive, go for it. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Zero Space Herpes. Uh, I hope two, season two, is just as good. Um, but it was really, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. So I'll go in the order I watched them. Uh, Monday night in, in the theater uh, as a Fathom event, myself and my buddy the Jason saw uh, one of the best Batman movies, and that is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Uh-huh. Uh, this is not a spoiler to anyone who was listening last week because Jackie was interested in seeing it also, and I believe she did based <laughs> on what Facebook says. Yep. And uh, a couple cool things. You know, I mean, it was not a very full theater because, I mean, apparently the not enough people are interested in seeing an animated Batman. Um, it had the we- a weird computer-generated animation uh, short of the Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, which was very odd to have in front of it, but it's a very short movie. Because honestly, with that, we were out. It starts at 7. We were out of there by 8.15 or so. So it's a very short movie. Uh, even though it was theatrical released originally, and I should point out, uh, this came out right after I was out of high school, about six months, December after I graduated, and I saw it in the theater then. I owned it on VHS. Uh, that VHS copy came with the comic book, a uh, little digest comic book version, which I still own, and uh, I own it on DVD also. So <laughs> I'm a fan of this movie. Uh, unlike most Batman movies, Batman actually gets to have character development. I know. What? And that's sort of my problem with the Batman movies, to take a little rant on this, is... Yeah, sure, The Dark Knight's a great movie. Batman doesn't have a lot of... It's not a Batman. Batman's uh, there, but it's not as much his story as it is the Two-Face and uh, and Joker in that one. So I, I, I get a little annoyed. Yeah, the villains. I get a little annoyed when it's not as much Batman getting his own... I mean, he's the hero. He needs to have his own no, arc. No, I have seen the Batman movies, uh, are, are they kind of glorifying the villains or romanticizing the villains? Not at all. And, and to be fair, the Nolan trilogy of Batman are very good movies. 
Uh, the Dark Knight is a very well-crafted movie. I don't really have much urge to see it again because it's dark and a little a little too much, you know, Joker and, and centric in that one. Uh, a little strange. It's a very well-crafted movie. It's very good. I don't like as much as something like Batman Begins, which I think is another one of the best Batman movies. But uh, enjoyed the heck out of this. Uh, the animation doesn't... I mean, it's Batman the Animated Series animation, a little better than that. But on the big screen, it wasn't reworked for the big screen, so it doesn't hold up as well as you'd like. Um, and the story, again, is a little short, but it's complete. It's pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed the crap out of it. Uh, had a good time. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go see it in the theater again anytime soon. Maybe in another 15 years, they do their anniversary type thing. <laughs> maybe. It was like a 25-year anniversary because I'm old. Um, you know, maybe in you know, 40th anniversary, bite might try it again. Uh, but it was a good time. Uh, I give it, uh, you know... I'll give it, uh, on the big screen, I'm going to give it uh, one full space herpes. I would give it less on your TV because the animation holds up better on the smaller screen than it does on the big screen. Um, but definitely worth it. Uh, a great Batman movie with a good story. Uh, even though it's old, I won't spoil it. But let's just say it has all the standard Batman stuff. Uh, enjoyable. It has... You know, Mark Hamill in it as the Joker because he is the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No offense to anyone else who played the Joker, living or dead. Mark Hamill is the Joker. I'm sorry. Yeah, his voice for that is just amazing. Amazing. But yeah, very enjoyable. And uh, yes, Banyan, I'm sorry for locking you out Monday night. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I came home. Apparently, I was in autopilot. I thought he was home. I locked the chain, which I never do. And oh. he was out. Oh, no. Yeah. My bad. I'm sorry. Love you, bro. All right, Gonzo, go ahead. Um, I had, um, as you know, I work in uh, my job is I deal with kids that have behavior issues. And my therapist that also worked there were looking for movies that were relate to the high school, or high school kids. Uh, things about bullying, emotional stuff and everything. And so I gave them I Kill Giants. Uh, and so I rewatched it recently. Um, if you haven't watched it, you don't, you haven't read the graphic novel, go do it. Um, do both because the graphic novel, while it goes in more detail and has more cool things in it, the movie's just as good. Um, but it is a very sad movie. Um, and you know, it, it's interesting because some of my kids are the hardcore badass, you know, I'll shoot you in your face, you know, type thing. Um, my, the high school ones, because I try to get to know all the kids in our school, because in case everything anything ever happens, I can try to work with anybody. Um, I've never seen so many kids that are hardcore cry at the end of a movie in my entire life. Um, so it was it was very humbling to see them do this. Um, so I, I, I rewatched it again, uh, knowing exactly what the movie was and how it ended and everything else, and. It was still good to me. Uh, the story is just really good. It hits really good with me as a teacher. It hits really good for me as I can relate to that kid because things, you know, shitty like that happened to me when I was a kid, um, which is interesting because I look back on it and goes, we haven't changed. Kids are still doing the same crap that they've done when I was a kid. Uh, the coping, the bullying, all this other stuff. Um, still held up. 
hadn't been any big or big changes in it, so I give it like one space harpies because it kind of, you know, if it's not your thing, you're not going to get it. But definitely, um, it's very interesting watch when it comes free on like Netflix, or whatever. Go go watch it, uh, enjoy it, look at it from the eyes of that kid and not from the eyes of someone else, uh, and you'll have a much better time watching it. So. Um, that was just an interesting rewatch, uh, for me to see other kids watching it. If you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, um, I only have one other thing and it's, it's a bad rant, but I have to rant about it. Let's let you rant before I go into my other one so we can end a little more up. Okay. But before you do, I'll talk a little bit, um, I watched a little bit of a Netflix series, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's uh, Western. It just came out. I think it's from the Coen Brothers. I heard about uh, that. The Ballad or something or other? Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. So it's uh, it's two hours and change long, but it is like six different little vignettes. Okay. And while waiting for people to show up, we watched the first two, and they were amusing as shit. <laughs> uh, I heard the third one's a little boring, so we didn't watch that. Also, Spencer was arriving for the game. But I definitely think you should give it a shot for at least the beginning portions of it because it was amusing for the first, you know, the first half an hour or so, forty-five minutes. It was, uh, it was amusing. So you definitely check it out. I'm gonna try and check out the rest of it here soon. But the first two parts definitely thumbs up. Worth, worth, worth taking a flyer and seeing the whole thing. All right, uh, let me steal myself, Gonzo. All right, hit us. Okay, so. I didn't do this back when Halloween was here, and we really didn't get to do it, so I'm, I saved it for here. Says, anytime we have a small party or something or in there at school, I try to show a movie just because it helps me get the kids calm, lets them do stuff, and we get to, you know, you know have cake and candy and all that stuff because it was Halloween. So I tried desperately to find something on Netflix because I can pull up Netflix on my Chromebook that they have that they let us have, and uh, our network lets us show it. And it's really hard to find anything wholesome or whatever for Halloween to show for these kids. Uh, and so I went with the best thing that I had, and the kids loved the shit out of it. They thought it was hilarious and funny and great, and you know should have won every Academy Award uh, and everything that goes with it. And I just cringe just watching it. I was, I, I'm trying not to pay attention to it. I'm trying to do other things within my classroom to get ready for the end of the day and get stuff done. But I'm just walking around cringing and about to throw up. And they forced me to put on Spooky Buddies. Uh, if anybody knows, uh, the Buddies movies are about a group of Golden Retrievers. And they go around doing and solving <laughs> adventures. Up much like the golden retrievers. What? Uh, a golden <laughs> retriever puppies, what and each one of them has their own individual personality. Like there's one of them that's like a rapper dog, and one that's a preppy dog, and all this other dog? stuff. Yeah, and the and 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 so I'm sitting there, and this is a G-rated movie, so it's perfectly good for me to show. But there's like so many buddies movies. There's super buddies. There's snow buddies. There's treasure buddies. It's like the land before time genre hit these. And they make buddy movies for everything out there. And I mean, this movie was annoying as hell. 
<laughs> meanwhile, John's over here like, where have these movies been my whole life? <laughs> no, this this does not sound good. I'm reading the, the plot. It, yeah, and it's really, 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 really bad. Let of me course. the plot in three words, or three letters. W-T-F. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean... The funny thing is, is they actually have like one of the guy, one of the actors in it. Um, I can't remember. He did a, a space movie, which I thought was hilarious. Um, oh god, I'm about to look it up at IMDb. Um, B dog. Okay. Oh yeah. Um. I'm. I what? Yeah. Is that that's one of the dogs, right? That's one of the dogs. Yeah, that's one of the dogs. B dog. Uh, yeah, everybody has all these names, and all of them have all these weird type of things that go with them. Harland Williams. He plays Warwick, which is the warlock. Um, and uh, he he cracks me up. Like, he did one movie that I thought was really good, which was fun, Rocket Man, which was just stupid, funny movie. But, I mean, these shows are so bad. I mean... One, they get all these dogs, and they have to make them stand there and look like they're there. And, of course, they, you know, CGI their mouths so they speak. And the lines for it are horrible. The acting is horrible from the non-dog. I mean, it was like... I mean, I'm sitting there walking around trying to pour Sprite into cups... And I'm just cringing as I'm pouring sprites in the cup and giving out things. And I'm just like, this is bad. These are horrible. And you know they're going to be making a ton of money off of these because they've made 87 of them. Oh, my God. It's a whole series called yeah. the Air Bud or Air Buddy series. Yeah. Um, fuck. I actually remember when Wait. Air Bud came out. Yes. They're yes, all spinoffs of that. Oh, dear. Why can't we just watch The Incredible Journey again? <laughs> but, I mean, they're so bad. Now, if you have a kid, and which is weird because a lot of my kids are pretty mature for fourth graders, but they just went gaga over this stuff. Maybe they watched puppies. it when they were young. And, and it's puppies. I'm not going to argue. It is puppies. That's the only thing going for this movie, as far as I'm concerned, is yeah. fucking puppies. It's just so bad. But if you got young kids, I would say kindergartners. These oh. movies are just right up their alley. Anything else? Lander, Horlor, too. Homeward Bound. Yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. Homeward Bound? Oh, yeah. There's... Oh, my God. Casablanca of Golden Retriever Halloween movies. <laughs> this movie was horrible. I can't give it five space herpes. I'm going to get it four because it has puppies. Retriever Halloween movie, but it's bad. They'll make an Atlantic Rim Buddies movie with puppies. Oh yeah, probably. If you make a Pacific Rim knockoff with puppies, I'm gonna fucking watch it. I'm not lying. I'll watch that movie. Mecha Buddies. Puppies, Mecha, fucking giant kaiju. All right, I mean it's it's ticking all the boxes in there. I gotta fucking try it. Did you see Crimson's comment? So, how much do I have to pledge to your Patreon to make you watch all the Airbud spinoffs that don't include Airbud? Uh, it is on our Patreon right now, and if you would like to, you can go and subscribe to that area. And every time, every month, you get to change up which movie we watch. It's already on there. I mean, there's Santa Buddies, Space Buddies, Super Buddies, Spooky Buddies. Buddies in the old in the in the shopping center. I I walked by it like every week. 
treasure because buddies. It doesn't fucking sell. Yeah. Please can't can't we watch fun movies? People <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are amused by that. They want to hear us rant about movies. They're they've got to be making money off of these somehow. Oh yeah, hand over fist, I'm yeah. sure. Parents love movies they put in. Kids are enraptured because puppsy puppies. Yeah, there are four buddies movies: Air, Snow, Space, Santa in one disc, and then there's a Treasure Buddies. I mean, they're just all through this. Was it like a two disc collection? One disc, most likely. Sounds like pain, <laughs> pain and suffering. Yeah. So you said uh, four space herpes. Because it only because ha- it has puppies. Okay, yeah, you t- one space rupee off because puppies. Because of puppies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably turn the volume off and it wouldn't seem nearly as horrific. Correct. Oh, that's true, yeah. Good point. <laughs> All right, so uh, my last movie uh, is, again, not from the century, and not even from after I uh, graduated high school, and I did see it in a theater. It was another Fathom event. It is uh, Die Hard. Oh, a Christmas Hard, yeah. movie. It's like the 30th anniversary of Die Hard, so they showed it. I was originally going to watch it uh, a Sunday with Norrin, but we had a game scheduled, and then the guys canceled the game. Screw you, monkeys. So I watched it on Tuesday in the theater. Um, as normal with a Fathom event, it starts off. They've got uh, trivia coming on, and the gentleman sitting next to me is answering the trivia for his girlfriend. Then turns to me and goes, oh, I apologize. I'm ruining the trivia for you. And I look at him and say, no, son. I fucking know all this shit. <laughs> He thought that was amusing. We chatted a bit about stuff in general while, while the trivia started to repeat. Um, because the good thing about wearing like a, a Cowboy Bebop shirt is he's like, oh, obviously you know some anime, so I can talk to you about anime. <laughs> so there we go. We had a little job. So as we get into it, it uh, goes in, and there's a guy, I don't remember his name, introducing it. And he's going through, you know, a beginning plot synopsis. And everyone around is like, oh, my God, you're spoiling the movie. That's what you want to say. I'm sorry. This movie is 30 fucking years old. You yeah. cannot spoil it. You've probably already seen it already, and if you hadn't, what the fuck is wrong with you? Live with it. It's 30 years old. <laughs> and yes, Crimson 1919, this is the Casablanca of action movies. Anyways. <laughs> it's Die Hard. What have to say with Die Hard? It's, it's John McClane, Nakatomi Plaza, Christmas. It's... It changed action movies because somehow they managed to fit the humor, the snark, the the action, bloody without being horrific, and all that into an interesting plot and a very good movie on top of it. It it was groundbreaking in, you know, so many ways. Because before that, you have, you know, like, the commandos and all that stuff. And sure, they're amusing, but they're just completely out there from realism. They took a left turn. Realism took the right. <laughs> Obviously, they should have turned left at Albuquerque. Uh, this movie actually has enough realism to keep you invested. Almost nothing in a movie would break you out of that realism. All the bit characters are... They're not just one note. They're actually just above one note. They're interesting enough that you're like, okay, I see where this bit character is. Like the uh, the principal from The Breakfast Club, who's, I forget the guy's name, who's playing uh, Dwayne T. Robinson, the uh, deputy police chief. Oh, yeah. Who shows up on the scene. He's an asshole, but as it goes on and, like, the feds show up, you can see he's, like, 
you get the idea who he is. You know, he's just like Big Dick because he's the Big Dick, and then the bigger dicks show up, and he's like all deferential. The, the characters have some reality to them. You know, and you know, you get uh, was it Reginald Bill Johnson from um, the stupid the stupid TV series with Urkel in it? Uh, Family Matters. Sure. He's playing a, a police officer, and he's fairly realistic. Like, oh, he's this old, you know, desk sergeant. You know, he, you get an idea he'd be mouthy to that guy. It's it's very amusing. The Almost all the dialogue is on point and amusing. Bruce Willis is top of his game because he's actually using an accent that he never uses again in the series. Just <laughs> <laughs> fine. Some, he realized he didn't have to, but it's amusing. It's got good action. I mean, it's a great, great action movie. What else can I say? Shocker, zero space herpes. <laughs> well worth the 11 bucks to uh, uh, go see it in the theater. Um, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm looking forward to more fad events of old movies that I haven't seen in a while or don't recollect seeing in the theater because it's a great experience. Um, I definitely suggest it. As a matter of fact, the next one, just to give you guys a little spoiler... Um, the next one is going to be Superman the movie. Oh. That is playing both the Sunday after Thanksgiving and then the next Tuesday or Wednesday. So, I mean... I actually saw that in the theater. Uh, I do not think I did. I think. It might have been uh, it might have been the second one that I saw in the theater. It's probably the second one because the first one is a little bit old. I'm a little bit old, my pal. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, if I saw it in the theater, it doesn't count because uh, I was four. I don't know. When was it? Uh, 78. Oh, okay. I was eight. So, yeah, not that much older. Yeah. So I had already seen Star Wars in the theater. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I saw Star Wars in the theater, too, but I don't remember much. I do. Not Solo. Well, the first time, let's be honest. The, also, the I loved the true release. I saw the hell out of it. Well, yeah, I loved the Tuscan Raiders as as uh, like a six year old. <laughs> that was my very first action figure. Was a Tuscan Raider. I don't know what it was about them that I liked so much. So, when I worked for Alliance Games Distribution, they were changing the shelves because some of it started to partially collapse. So, literally, since I was the shipper, I would drag them out into the front parking lot. And rip them apart with my hands and whatever tools I had. And I, no, it's it's funny. The FedEx ground guy at that point, RPS, pulled up, and I had just pulled a part off of it, one of the, the long beams. So I just held it over my hand. It was like, <laughs> and that guy, you ain't ever seen a delivery driver leave as fast. It's like I don't know what's going on, but I'm fucking out. That's funny, but it isn't as funny as if you had uh actually pulled apart those shelves and found an old action figure. I found a ton of dice that are were tiny, tiny, tiny dice. Like, I mean, really tiny. I can't break them out. You wouldn't be able to see them on the camera. Guys, I have seen such dice. <laughs> I've rolled them in games. But anyways, yeah. So, looking forward to Superman uh, at some point. Either when we talk about it next week if, or the week after. Depending on when I see it and all. I'm hearing the music in my head. da 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 it's one of the best. Okay, look, John Williams. Can we just yeah. say John Williams is Pretty the master? I mean, there are a lot of other other guys who are amazing. Like there are a bunch of guys who are just A list 
on the soundtrack, but has anyone done more iconic cool. themes than John Williams? That's really amazing. Indiana Jones, Superman, Star Wars, Jaws. Fuck. I mean... And more. more than Rushmore. That's the Mount Rushmore right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I love... The Harry Potter theme is very, you know, iconic. You understand it all, but it it's not the route Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I'm sorry. Back to the Future, really good. Not the route Mount Rushmore. I mean... The Lord of the Rings, Howard Shore, amazing, but still... And, and I'll be honest, those pieces are so... Some of them are so iconic that I, when I hear them, I feel that part of the movie. Don't you? Yeah, I picture it in my head, like when uh, the writers of Rohan come up. Or, or right after Gandalf is uh, falling down with the Balrog, that one. Like I, I get the emotion from that. I loved all the music from the the Balrog. I have all, I have the all three soundtracks, and Jim and I used to listen to them all the time while we were painting miniatures. And I, 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 I got them out the other day because we were talking about the films, and we were talking about the the, the re-release of the board game or the, uh, the tabletop game from GW and. So we were like, yeah, we haven't listened to those in a while. Kicked it out. And we're like, we're, we're trying to think, ooh, which part of the movie was this? And then I realized that I accidentally had it on shuffle, so it wasn't going sequentially. <laughs> I'm like, so, no wonder none of this makes sense. Related, uh, back in the day, two of my buddies, um, I don't remember their names. It's been a long time. Uh, we all played the Decipher Star Wars CCG. I was hanging out one of their birthday parties. We were sitting there, and someone put on The Empire Strikes Back. And one of them had their back to the TV, could not see a TV. And from the sound and what's going on, he's describing the scenes as they happen. You're like, I'm like, you may have seen this movie too many times. And I mean, I come from someone who's seen it a lot. I mean, of course. You know what's funny is Jim can do that with It's a Wonderful Life. I, that's a good movie to do it, too. I mean, that's... that's... It, and it, when you get him and his brother in the same room, <laughs> they could just recite the entire script. We, uh, me and a buddy did that to a slightly less Christmas cheery movie in school. Aliens. We're doing lines back and forth to Aliens. We split to go to our classes, come back, and we just pick it right back up. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yep, Adrian, that's them. Um, and, uh, I mean, I love soundtrack music that, that brings the feeling back. And it's not to say that too many movies don't do that nowadays. It's just there's so many movies, it's harder for that to happen. You know, someone says, like, oh, the Marvel movies don't have iconic scores. They do. I recognize the Avengers tune everywhere, but it's more that each one has their own score. They're making one appropriate. Like, sure, the Captain America March is amazing, I understand it, but they changed the, that every movie, because each of his movies has a very different theme and feel so there's some element of the music that stays the same though i mean because that's what howard shore did across all of the middle earth movies is is even in the hobbit you still get a little feel you get of little the... touches of it yeah that's well that's the sign of a master you know howard Shore's a master i mean the guy doing the rest of the stuff you know um jackman i forget his first name is very good but he's not one of the masters i mean because that's what it is but man, I love listening to soundtracks. I'll just put on, you know, just a shuffle of YouTube videos of soundtracks, you know, the the BSG intro, intro, the original, you know, Buck Rogers, you know, um, all oh those God, old movies. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I love Buck Rogers too. Buck Rogers is awesome. That that theme is great. Um, 
It's just all those things. Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh my god. Which is so good that uh, the the uh, composer stole part of it to do the Wrath of Khan when he did that. Which is also another great one. Well, hey guys, it's 8.31. Yeah, what? we better stop talking about soundtrack movies because I can talk about soundtracks for a long time. I suspected as much. <laughs> Hint, I like movies. No. What? And music. What? Movies and Get music finished. together. Hell, I could go on about movies that have actual songs in there and how the songs, when done very well, much like a Guardians of the Galaxy, really add to the movie. Yes. Yep. And when done poorly, you're like, I don't fucking care. So, uh, we should end it before I go into that. Yes. Um, so, I'm going to take you home, guys. All right, guys. We want to thank all of our people that are watching. Um, be on the lookout for some new stuff coming up. Um, look out for things coming out. Also, if you're a Patreon subscriber, we appreciate everything you do because everything's will be coming out to y'all first before it comes out to the public. Um, John has a bunch of things coming out. He's got a minis and movies, another mediocre trouble. Uh, I have a Don of a Harbinger coming out. Uh, Kathy will not be streaming on Thursday, but what? Kathy, you're not streaming on Thanksgiving? God, yeah. travesty. What the hell? Yeah, I was just like, wait, why am I not going to be streaming on Thursday? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving comes a little early this month. I will be at Jim's sister's house. Yeah. Uh, playing ping pong as a matter of fact everyone have a great thanksgiving enjoy yes. it soak up that family time or if you're not with the family soak up that alone time sometimes you need that too uh yeah. also be safe also yeah damn right be safe. you're traveling um i will be doing a donald harbinger on the on tuesday we'll be doing that on facebook live and i will also be streaming wednesday facebook live too uh, some more painting. I don't know what I want to do. I, I will be streaming tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. to noon central. Uh, I will continue working on my Geller Pock if anybody wants to to join in. So, so Monday, yes. Thursday, no. Yes. I'm going right. to try and actually record another uh, Minis and Movies this week. We'll see if I can see the, get time to watch The Expendables 2 to uh, continue that streak. Other than that, guys, uh, thanks for joining us. Can't wait to do this again. Uh, from Weather Nice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Jinx. <laughs> Good night. Night. It's dot com. It's that time. You know what? Really, we really still need to get enough. Kathy to do her solo review. Oh, oh yeah. Not yet watched solo. Yeah, but don't worry. You won't have to do it solo. I was going to ask, you know, if you guys had already done yours, and I would have to do mine solo. Oh, no. I did mine solo, but uh, someone else Gonzo didn't, didn't watch it because you weren't on the screen. Right? Say love well, you. Know, you didn't hear the whole story. I had to buy my mom a Blu-ray player just to show her solo. <laughs>